0: Hello, you're welcome to, if I were the Minister for Education, from OnShop.net To school, the good, the bad, and the flat out busy. Well, we got there, and we got back to school. Uh, you're very welcome to uh, this Friday evening episode after the first full week back to school. This is Simon Lewis. Um, Well, we mightn't have got the guidelines to open schools until the very last minute. And when they finally came, they were so incomplete that we basically did what we thought was right and hoped for the best. We didn't even get any extra supports for children, particularly those with special education needs, and then we were absolutely slagged off in the media for not giving the same children enough support. Um, we had to listen to our leaders saying that because of super-sized classes, some schools wouldn't be able to take in all of their classes, and then we squeezed everyone into our undersized classrooms with no hope of social distancing. Um, we even watched secondary schools receive extra supervision for yard, and we just simply sucked it up. Uh, Sucked that back up And we simply Because we simply Didn't need a break We got such little in the way of advice uh, that half the classrooms in the country bought perspex screens because the school up the road did the same uh, before we realised there wasn't any benefit to them whatsoever and we even spent hours asking our representative bodies and the Department of Education to clarify anything from whether we should wear face coverings to whether children should wear uniforms. We all worked 16 hour days for the months of July and August while representative bodies told us make sure you take a break and look after yourselves and we listened to Norma Foley go on and on and on about significant funding that she acquired for schools before disappearing somewhere for a few weeks and we waited and waited for our union to react to the roadmap which they duly did by closing their offices down for two weeks after it and then to top it all off we were told that if schools closed because of an outbreak it was probably not the fault of the school probably and yet do you know what we did it we did it and we opened the schools despite them all so, do you know what? Well done, us Well done, us We're probably absolute agents, Every single one of us for doing what we did But we did it And I don't know whether we should be proud of ourselves Or whether we all deserve a collective kick up the backside I'm actually too tired to even know or to even care However, in this episode I'm going to try and celebrate this first week back to school And the almost unanimous sigh of relief Which... I suppose in some cases may have been the sound of a car pulling off after throwing your children out of the car, I guess. Or maybe it was a sigh of relief I heard probably from a Fianna Fáil camp somewhere that they'd gotten away with it, basically. <laughs> or maybe, more accurately, the sigh of relief of school leaders everywhere that all the weeks of line painting, partition building, hot water pumping, traffic planning, sign making, risk assessing... Policy writing, health and safety checking, LWR begging, classroom laying outs, Garda vetting, cleaner hunting, Friday evening circular reading, and all the times where we woke up in the middle of the night in a sweat, remembering something else we had to be doing. It had finally come down to this. And it was the happy faces of the pupils skipping into the building. And it would take a very, very hard heart not to see that and think, that wasn't worth it, because it was absolutely worth all of it. So you might be now thinking, what have I done with the real Simon being all sentimental and soppy? But don't worry, I still think it's all gonna end in tears to be honest. But I have upgraded my optimism from what it was, which was, I'll give it two weeks, to we might get to midterm. However, for now, I want to explore who the good, the bad, and maybe more importantly, the flat-out busy whoever they were in the whole reopening of schools. Now, uncharacteristically for me, anyway, I'm going to start with the good for this half of the episode because there were a number of heroes in the reopening of schools. Now, when I was writing the script for this, you know, I, I, I really didn't want to start off, kind of, <laughs> in a way I suppose in, you know celebrating um, a group of people who I'm part of. Um, I, I was really trying to find a way not to sound like some people who we won't name who have basically spent their entire lockdown telling everyone how brilliant they are however there's no getting away from the fact that school leaders around the country have been phenomenal and from the minute schools closed down they basically had the job of keeping the entire school community going in ways that none of us would ever have dreamed of and from the get-go they had to try and bring their school communities together to try and get some sort of plan to continue learning in their schools and as time progressed and it became clear that they weren't going back anytime soon they had to lead their schools deeper into remote learning and they tried to keep motivation going long after zoom fatigue had set in and set in deep they focused on making sure that their pupils and their families were okay and some of these families had no food or heat or housing in some cases and when they heard that there to be clear, finally they heard there was going to be clear and concise plans from the Department of Education in late May and then when it didn't come and none of the representative bodies seemed to be doing anything about that, they still kept going and going as the government and the stakeholders floundered away somehow together to come up with some sort of half-baked plan. I mean they gritted their teeth when the same said Big boys basically told them, oh, look after your own health and well-being now and make sure now you get a break And before they launch some Friday night circular uh, and not even to them, through the media. And eventually, in August, because, by the way, Friday night on the last day of July does not count, um, when the plans finally arrived in less than four weeks, they managed to get their schools ready. And they wouldn't have been able to do it without the next bunch of heroes. And of course, that next bunch of heroes is the ministers for education, Joe McHugh and Norma Foley. I mean, absolutely, uh, no, no, obviously not, no. It was the school staff, teachers, SNAs, secretaries, caretakers, cleaners, anyone else who works in schools and for all the above that i mentioned about school leaders none of it would have happened without staff in a school teachers for example basically had to change from being on site educators to online educators overnight with little to no training they recorded thousands of hours of video lessons over months they checked into their pupils on zoom a few days a week just to make sure that they were okay they planned lessons that were flexible enough for most households and in cases some cases they physically posted worksheets out to families that didn't have printers who for food to families that didn't have food their own children's toys and games to families who didn't have their own toys and games and they even sneaked a few goodies into their weekly tesco shopping bags and posted them out to their pupils' houses just to let them know that they were thinking of them. SNAs, for example, were basically told they didn't work for their schools anymore and they were been redeployed to the HSE before they were told they weren't and then they were and then they weren't. And while all that was all going on, they just contacted, stayed in contact with the most vulnerable families in the country, sometimes just being an ear to parents who were finding this lockdown really really difficult giving ideas of things that worked in school and then often sending little packages of food or stationery and so on Their secretaries cleaners caretakers were never busier i mean supporting their schools with ever-changing and ever-developing plans changing all the time and when it came to actually reopening schools these people gave up their summers to help out around the school, painting walls, mending fences, cutting grass, buying school books and stationery, organizing laptops and devices, creating storage spaces, setting up isolation rooms, staff rooms, and that was before they even got to their own classrooms. They planned to make sure their classrooms were welcoming places for the pupils who would all come back in varying degrees of anxiety, and they'd be met with colorful displays, baskets full of books and stationery and bright, happy-looking places and many of them sent videos to their new classes because they were new teachers to introduce themselves before they got in and you know what all in all they were amazing and I think it's important that we congratulate ourselves I really do we should congratulate ourselves and it's only when I'm writing about some of the stuff that we did knowing that I'm I'm really only scratching the surface that I can see how difficult and exhausting this all was as I've said I just finished my first full week in school and I'm still thinking about the plans that we made to get almost 400 of our pupils in and out of our school grounds now never mind the school building because we've no parking spaces within a, uh, no parking at all within one kilometer of our school and yet we still managed to do it and we managed to clear our site um with uh, you, know, you know within 15 minutes every day and i know that means mean nothing to you if you don't know our school but you know i got such a buzz when that worked you know i got it i actually got a little bit of a buzz watching the children following these Different colored painted lines that I have around the school to show them their entrance uh, to how they get in, and the entrance is that color of the line. And then when they get in, the lines in the building on the floor are the same color. And I get a little buzz because I painted those lines with with, with, my, with spray paint, and I went around the school, you know, five times for the five different uh, for the five different colors uh, for the five different entrances. And do you know, I I, I I get a little buzz seeing that, and I, I I think back even a little further, and I remember my Friday. Assemblies where I did them on Zoom uh, every single week and I'd ask the children and their families to send in photos of the things they were doing that week and then I'd make a little slideshow and play this, like you free free uh freeware song like I, I got on free play music it was a ukulele song and i think that song and it just you know I, I feel good when i hear it um and you know i'm sure you all have your little highlights of the last few weeks and the last few months despite how difficult and scary it was at times because it was difficult and scary but you know as I said, I hate being self-congratulatory, self-congratula- uh, congratu- uh, I can't even say the word, um, and blowing our own trumpets," But I mean, I do think it's w- we have to acknowledge um, what we did. And, and, and I think, um, you know, it really, you know, when you hear the Minister for Education and and how she puts it, do you know, you, you just, you, you wish she there was a bit more passion in it. It does feel robotic and that like, it's been read. And, um, so i hope you know i don't know i don't know who listens to this podcast really but i i mean i think i think we did brilliant it's also though i suppose i i I feel important to acknowledge there were other people that supported us in opening our schools and there were really really good ones out there and to be honest with you the very very top of my list for me personally um, and i think I, I would say a lot of teachers would agree with me, were education centres, um, all the education centres around the country. They, of all the organisations, they adapted quickest to the new landscape and they offered us, teachers and school leaders, what we needed at the right time. They weren't faffing around, um, I don't know what, doing God knows what, um, but basically, what they said is, look, what do you need uh, as teachers? Teachers would tell them, teachers with expertise were able to give some of these courses they hired in experts uh, in, in different fields I mean I, I remember one course was this um, person she was a professional um, I, I I don't know what you call them videographer or she, she um, but basically how to do the proper lighting uh, um, for your videos and things like that how, where to put your face uh, in front of a webcam how to speak all these kind of things I mean some of these uh, some of these courses were just right. What we needed, what we needed then, and there were tons of courses on Seesaw and Google Classroom because they were the two that were most used, and then courses on Zoom, um, about Zoom and other video <laughs> uh, conferencing tools, uh, which were needed. Um, and there were local support groups, all hosted by the centres, and they offered us. They also offered us courses in areas that kept their spirits up. And I mean, as I said, I really liked that one where uh, they uh, the there was this uh, person who taught us how to. Um, you know, look our best in front of a webcam. Um, now, geez, that takes a lot of work for me. But um, it, it was interesting. It was kind of fun to to you know. I think that, I remember that uh, morning it was a fun fun course. But you know, look, almost every education centre i feel should be really proud of what they did um, and in a previous episode i did say um, i believe the education center should now really consider taking over the job of the pdst and i really stand by that more than ever um actually now um, and I, m- I might talk about that in the next uh, uh, next half of this episode i want to mention a couple of people who may not be familiar uh, to you um, one is called Alan Hines and the other is called Andy Pike um, they have very different roles uh, both of them but and they have more than having a four-letter first name beginning with A in common uh, you'll be glad to know but if the names seem unfamiliar to you often it's because people that are quite understated do the most and Alan Hines is one such character. Um, he's, he's not just a character, he's a human being, he's a person. And he is um, the acting director of St. Sennans. Now, if you don't know what St. Sennans is, um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, I, I actually don't know what it is either. I, well, I kind of do. Um, my understanding is it's an organisation that manages a bunch of Catholic schools in a load of counties in the southwest, kind of Tipperary, Limerick, Clare, Kerry, kind of all that. Neck of the woods, Um, I think it's like a diocese office. Um, It's kind of like a mini CPSMA, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Um, Except it covers a good few dioceses. Um, Now, Alan has basically been quietly become a really important ally to schools, particularly school leaders. And while most of the representative bodies have categorically failed miserably. To genuinely stand up for school leaders Alan has been an unbelievable support like most of us he's limited power in what he can do but his constant stream of messages of support to schools and school leaders uh, in uh, in his own area uh, uh, where, where he uh, works but also across the country really kept many principals going and I loved how he reached out beyond his scope where he spoke to um, principal groups that may not be the main principal groups he uh, spoke to um different patron-ers. he spoke to me i mean i'm the least catholic person you'll ever meet in the education system uh, and and and, and uh, you know the thought of working in a catholic school uh, would put the frighten the <laughs> i was going to say frighten the bajazus out of me that's a, a fairly christian thing to say but um anyway i'm just i'm not sure now if he knows that some of his matches really helped everybody in the country not just his own um, his own network and uh, i know some of his messages were shared out to other school leaders and he really has to be commended for that he organized lots of webinars for his own members and he even extended the invitations to all of us and it was really generous of him and i I really I, i really appreciate what he did Andy Pike is um, probably a better known character especially if you're an SNA you definitely know who Andy Pike is and um, he's basically the head of education in FORSA and um, the trade union for SNAs um, school secretaries and other ancillary staff and Andy uh, to me like the thing I, I suppose commonly like with Alan and, and other people I mentioned here is it's a human voice he was the human voice of unions in the whole reopening of schools he fought so hard for his members ensuring that their safety was central to any plan that went ahead and at one stage the entire reopening of schools was basically in his hands in my opinion anyway when snas were not guaranteed proper ppe gear he refused to allow them he said lads you're not going back to work without proper ppe gear and within two days he had successfully guaranteed it and um, but not only that you know he, he looked after his members he had a brilliant job of being supportive to all people in schools not just you know uh, uh, the people he represented even to school leaders and he managed to really balance that line of respect for school leaders as well as actually being able to demand m- to these same school leaders ensure the safety of his members and well worth and um, i mean i i have found him on f- i've been following him for a while on twitter and really active there and really genuine sounding guy i i, I don't know, I've n- i haven't spoken to him um face to face but i was really really impressed by what he did and what i was reading about him and uh, fair play to him and um, now again as i said i don't like uh, mentioning groups that i'm involved in and congratulating them but during lockdown i wasn't involved um, directly with this group because i had to step away from them um, and this is the national principles forum who i felt spoke for principles around the country best and um, i i I was on the board of the IPPN at the time uh, of lockdown uh, and before it, I joined the IPPN board uh, back in January. So um, I wasn't, um, I had to leave the National Principals Forum as it was potentially a conflict of interest, I suppose. Um, And I was really, really interested to see the approach. They took a very deliberate approach uh, during lockdown, which I I thought was absolutely the right thing to do. And apart from supporting other school leaders, the thing that I thought was amazing from them was they were the first organisation to come out with a decent plan for reopening a month, over a month, before the others got their act together. And this is what I think was amazing about them. You see, the plan that was supposed to come in, I think it was two weeks after May 28th, so around June the 10th, was rubbish. I mean, it wasn't even, it wasn't even a plan. It was basically told, this is what we're going to. So what they did was they said, you know what, let's ask all the principals in the country what questions they have and they put them all together into a booklet and tried to find answers to those questions and it was actually a really really good plan um and you can still find it on their on their on their website princ- um, uh, principlesforum.org and they i mean apart from that though they were also able to channel the feelings of the ordinary school leaders they asked them what they needed how they were feeling not what they thought they were feeling You know, this is the difference between a group of principals on the ground as opposed to principals, let's say, who may not be on the ground. And I guess at the same time, they had to and they should and they were right to call out the lack of progress from the Department of Education, the INTO and the IPPN and I really do have a very good feeling about this group and I'm really glad to be back part of it again because I think they're going places. I think, um, do you know what, I've said this before, they remind me of how the IPPN used to be before they, I don't know, they basically they basically became the same as the INTO. I mean I joke that they've become the biggest branch of the INTO but I mean it's becoming less of a joke, if I'm, if I'm honest. Anyway, I'm trying to be positive here, so we'll move on. Because there were a number of um, teachers, large number of teachers, principals, and others who ro- also deserve credit. Um, I, I mean, after leaving the IPPN board, I found myself back on social media because I wasn't allowed to um, use social media when I was on the IPpN board. I mean, I used it a little bit, but I, was, I could be myself, let's say. It was that relief of being allowed to be myself. Um, but I found myself back on Twitter after a bit of an absence because I kind of left. Let's say um, Now this might sound childish uh, But uh, you know look The thing about it is Is I, re- I reconnected with people On Twitter um, And it was interesting Because there's people on there That give their time and expertise freely All the time You know I mean off the top of my head I mean two particular uh, school leaders uh, And their colleagues of mine in Educate Together Jump out at me Katrina Hand and Trina Golden um, they, they jump out to me as two principals for me that you could chart everything about them um through twitter they spoke openly throughout the lockdown and you know and and uh, and about their experiences and they shared things that they were doing and they did it all without feeling and this is the thing that i think made them different was they felt they didn't feel the need to to spray it with a with a coat of gloss or something you know i i uh, i don't know how to describe it but you know and, and then sometimes yeah it was raw um, and it was vulnerable But it was pure honest um, I mean they they, they they use a heck of a lot of anim- Animated GIFs uh, to be fair But uh, you know, and I thought they'd run out of animated GIFs To be honest I'm only messing but i just thought that was you know it was really really powerful to see, see that vulnerability um and and even and share in their successes as well um on the international front of things i actually just singling one person out leslie graves and um, his tweets about international research and COVID 19 in schools are really really helpful gave great insight to other countries uh, he's still doing it um, and and uh, well worth a follow Um, look i th- some people you know scoff at social media particularly twitter as, as like oh, it's just a bunch of people giving out on the internet and and yeah i mean sometimes social media is a bunch of people giving out about uh, uh, giving out on the internet but when you get the right people your, your tribe as it's known or whatever you um the, the the absolute goal that you find in there is um is, is is brilliant and and if you if you you know if you haven't uh kind of looked into Twitter a little bit more or other social media channels and find people who, who speak uh, your language, who, who uh, you, you know, you're really missing out. And uh, I guess for those who are scoffing um, at, at, at social media, do you know what? All I can say to you is you're absolutely wrong. Um, it was, you know, people, and I've only mentioned three people there. Uh, there were I could have mentioned another 100 people who through the last few months have given their time and their expertise so freely um you know lock time lock sorry lockdown was a really tough time and there were loads of individuals who did great things and you know i'm, I'm going to list a few of them uh you know there were two teachers who made craft bags for children in direct provision centers and then uploaded those craft bag ideas onto um onto onto the web for other teachers to use uh we had several teachers that made learning uh, grids and uh th- basically thematic plans uh for to share with other teachers to ha- give to their classes and share them on the internet one of them was a, a teacher in my school caroline who made dozens of these uh, grids in her inner time and shared them Mm -hmm. so freely um, with anyone in the country who wanted to use them. You probably used one of them. Um, And there were hundreds of teachers that shared resources on Padlets, Excel, Google Docs. And to be fair, to the book publishers they all made their content free for the whole of lockdown which they didn't have to do let's say and as did a number of other sites for example and i'm going to only say an irish one for example like dabble Doo, uh, which is a music program well worth checking out and credit also has to go to rte and um, for the school hub series because i think and, and to be honest i think it, it surprised everyone because it was you know in fairness how decent it was and um, look when it came to reopening school um, a lot of agencies out there were very very quiet um, and, and, and took a long time to get their act together basically um, but eventually some of them did pull their socks up um, uh, after a long pause uh, from March till <laughs> sometimes August uh, and, and you know in fairness some organisations that were generally very very poor did do some good things and it would be unfair not to credit the good things that they did despite how poor they were i mentioned the pdst for example being you know overshadowed completely by the education centers and as i said i'll speak more about that next time but but in fairness a few a couple about a week ago the pe branch of the pdst made a really good book of covid 19 friendly pe lessons with social distancing and all that kind of stuff and fair play to them you know that's the kind of stuff teachers need it would be wonderful if the other parts of the pdst were as good where is the visual arts book where is the i mean oh look where's the music stuff where's anything neps again i thought were pretty silent um for the for the first uh, few months of lockdown eventually and I'm really really late in the game came out with a really good set of lessons for helping teachers talk to children about returning to school. Um, there were a, a, a number of internet uh, bloggers, and I mean, I, I, I was praising social media there uh, a few few minutes ago, and I'm going to slag it off a bit, but uh, there were there were quite a number of people giving really bad advice of how to welcome children back to school, and, you know, let's make it as normal as possible. It isn't normal, um, you know, and, and and I think NEPs made a really good job of, of how to talk to children uh, about coming back to school, and, and, and you know, I mean, Despite their total silence up until then, um, it was good that what they produced was very good. Um, I do have to say the IPPN at times did show sparks of their past, um, including some good webinars with Mason, Hayes and Curran, their their solicitors group. And on the final, in fairness to them, on the very final three weeks before we did open, they released uh, these weekly checklists for school leaders which I felt were very well thought out and gave us really broken down tasks that we could do and lots of templates for opening our schools. And and they were pretty good too. And while I didn't use their support line during the pandemic, they actually had common sense to keep their supports open throughout the summer and didn't close down. Um, you know, unlike a, a, another organisation who decided to close for two weeks as soon as the plans came out. Now, I might not agree very much with the direction the IPPN are choosing to go at the moment. And I don't think you know overall they did a very good job uh, you know including some terrible blunders um throughout throughout the time but i mean who doesn't make blunders i mean we all do i i mean i joined their board Ah, that's not fair i i i i, I i'm glad i i'm glad i did it um but um and, and they're and they are absolutely lovely people um but you know I, they they could have done more um i i, I just feel uh, I suppose i was I was involved in there and, and I, I could see what they could have done and didn't. Um, but anyway they did look what they do do well is they offer really good advice to school leaders when they're in crisis. and I don't mean when the IPPN are in crisis, I mean when school leaders are in crisis. and maybe I should give a tiny bit of credit. Um, you know I should give credit where it's due. and speaking of tiny tiny bits of credit, I'm gonna give one to reluctantly, but I'm going to give one to the Department of Education. Um, they did get money. I mean, ultimately, up until that money came, I, I, I think everybody um, was, was thinking, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We actually won't be able to open our schools at all. I mean, all they did get was money, and, and the money they got is going to be used. I mean, t- you know, finally our schools are clean. Um, I can't say I can credit them with anything other than the fact that we now have adequate money to clean our schools, um, and that's about it. But I have to give them credit for the fact that i don't have to worry this year about my school being clean for the first time so as you can see there's loads of good guys out there there's agencies and individuals that got us back to school despite everything and many of these people may have been unfamiliar to you and some of them are totally unfamiliar to me until this pandemic took its toll and i've probably i mean i've definitely left a load of people out here and and if you think i have and and someone i should have celebrated or some people i should have celebrated i'd really love to hear from you because i i mean even as i'm recording this i was thinking of people oh my gosh i didn't mention this person and i don't want to do it off the fly I, 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 but you know despite my humming and hawing i do have a script that i kind of uh, to try to follow so i don't want to be unfair to people by kind of making something up as a as an a- afterthought but Please um, come onto our Facebook page, uh, unshaw. Uh, it's basically Facebook.com/slash and add your heroes um, to the um, comments because I think it's, I think it's important we celebrate people who've helped us all the way through this pandemic. Um, look, it's rare that I ever do an episode of this podcast that's entirely positive um and uh, I, I hope you've enjoyed it because you'll be glad to know i'll be covering the opposite next week the bad and the uh, flat out busy as i've called them um in, in the next part um, but for now what i'll do is i'll leave it here i hope you enjoyed this kind of small celebration of the good people who really made reopening happen <laughs> Well I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode And um, I'm releasing it on a Friday evening Late on Friday evening uh, To sort of uh, mark the very end of our first full week Back at school uh, Usually I release uh, my podcasts On a Wednesday morning Just in time for the midweek slump And um, generally i i like to uh talk if you haven't heard the podcast before i like to talk about kind of i suppose issues i would do if i were the minister for education hence the name of the podcast and generally it should get your blood boiling and um, whether you agree with me or not in our episodes anyway this podcast if you are looking for it can be found on itunes spotify and any other podcasting app by searching for either OnShaw's podcast and probably onShaw.net will probably get you there um and i'd really really appreciate you subscribing to the podcast if you can so other uh so basically you'll get each new episode as soon as it's released and please also feel free uh, to review our podcast and um, please leave a nice review if you can uh, so other people can find it more easily look i'll leave it at that for uh, this week thanks so much for listening and uh, we'll see you again uh, next time thank you Bye bye